0: Jump the Shark is sponsored by Charterhouse Real Estate. Charterhouse can help you save thousands when you sell, and we can help you buy your next home as well. Google Charterhouse to see hundreds of great reviews or learn more about us at charterhouseiowa.com. Now here is the show.
1: I can feel it all the way down in my plums.
0: Ross and I were just talking about Plums. (laughs) Plums. <laughs> by the way, welcome back. By the way, <laughs> this, shout out, shout out. This episode is dedicated to uh, Scott Rourke. Oh, Ro- yeah. Ro- Ross's friend. This, yeah. G- this guy apparently loves me. So he does love you. For I'm going to dedicate reason. an entire episode to for, him. That's very nice of you. For good reason.
1: He, he loves you, Mark. Yeah. He, this, uh, was,
0: this is so rare, though, by the way. Like I said, normally when I hear about people that don't know me and <laughs> they how they like feel it. about me, it's not normally. Man, he
1: loves you. Man. Okay, I'm starting to think that this so I I I do this thing too and I think this is what you're doing. I do this thing where I try to convince people that I'm really hard to get along with. I try to convince people that um I I am not afraid of conflict and that I you know that's the image I project, but I do it to set the expectation low low that I'm kind of a jerk and I'm tough to get along with when, in fact, I think I am the exact opposite. I, I, I mean, I've, I've had coworkers that absolutely love me, that are dear friends and all that stuff, right? So I think you kind of do the same thing because I've, I've never had somebody be like, that Charter's a jerk. All right, well, I've had people say to me, Mark Charter's a different guy and he thinks about the world differently and it's it's weird to me the way he does it. So but you, I'd- so
0: you can critique me. Okay, that's right. okay. I can take this. We're friends, yeah. so you know me from that perspective, and you know we do a podcast together, so yeah. you do know where I come from on a lot of things. Yeah. What is it? What is it about me that spurs that on for people that don't know me?
1: Uh, okay. There's a lot.
0: You're not going to hurt my feelings, but no, but by the, the way. But the, I'm okay with who I dude, am, dude. We at this point. we
1: have actually had this conversation off the air about other people. Yeah. in our lives, that we mutually even know that uh, confidence is a, a scary thing to a lot of people. A lot of people even call it cockiness when they uh, when they aren't familiar with it or they're intimidated by it. You mentioned Scott Rourke. Uh, my he's my best friend in the world, man we were, we were best best mans in each other's weddings. And Scott and I are drastically different human beings. And it's one of the things I love about him is he's got all of these character traits that I wish I had because they're, they're so far from me. And one of them is he doesn't really give a crap. He no. does just, he's doesn't. he got enough friends, and, he, and I want everybody to like me. I want to be everybody's people pleaser, right? So together we make a pretty dynamic duo because yeah. we find that happy ground sure. in there. Um, a, another guy that I, in a very short period of time, got a really good relationship with. I would put into this exact same category, and that's Andy Woodley. And even maybe Matt and Joe in some way. All, all three of those Woodley brothers are very confident guys. And when, you're, when you are first around it, you can it's easy to dismiss it and go, psh, this guy's cocky. It's easy to see you. It's, uh, we have several friends. I think Williams falls into this, quite frankly. I know a lot of people that are like, pfft, that guy thinks his poop doesn't stink. It's like, no, 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 no. It's the exact opposite. Chris actually has a really low... Perspective of myself. Here's what you're seeing: is that Chris is successful and he carries that with him. Yeah, and I, don't, I don't know. I don't
0: know if a guy that thinks his poop doesn't stink would admit to taking laxatives for a year. <laughs> Good
1: point. <laughs> right. You know, exactly I think they might right. keep that on the down low. My, my point being that it, initially, when we don't understand people that are really confident, we go, "Oh, that's cocky," and he's yeah. not worthy of carrying that confidence. So I don't like that guy. It doesn't take long to be around a person. And you realize, ah, it's not cocky; it's confidence. And he has that confidence because he's got his poop in a group. Man, he's figured it out. He sets goals. He reaches those goals. And there's a there's a light that turns on in your eyes when all that starts to happen. So the ultimate
0: question, Ross, is this: If you've got somebody out there that you've never met, never had a conversation with, and you're like, I just don't like that person, is it more of a reflection of you?
1: Yes, absolutely. And your yeah, that's that's just pure ignorance. We do it all the time, by the way, Mark. And we all do it.
0: I'm not talking even about famous people. We all do that with famous people, right, Mark? When I was in
1: my real estate classes, and I even remember coming back and asking the rest of the group about this, and a few of the people remembered this particular um, exercise that was yeah. conducted, and what the exercise was. It was almost like a magic trick. Okay. The instructor got up and took a piece of paper and, he, and wrote down a name but didn't tell us what the name was. Wrote it down and said, I'm, w- I'm going to fold this up. You know, Mark, you keep that folded piece of paper in front of you. Now we're going to conduct the exercise. And put up what looked like, you remember the old Guess Who game? Sure. Where there's like 25 caricatures yeah. of people. And yeah. then each caricature had a name underneath it. And the question was simple. Find the one person on this list that you want to sell your house. Who's your next Realtor? Okay. Based on this profile up here. These sure. 25 random caricatures of people. hmm And then it gave us, you know, 20, 30 seconds to decide which one of the 25 characters you wanted to be yours. And then said, okay, who picked number one? Who picked two? Who picked three? Who picked all the way through 25? And, like, of the 80 people in my class... Like sixty five of them, Mark picked the same person, mm-hmm. and then the magic trick obviously was the name. He had the, the the guy open up the piece of paper, and it had Ellen's name on it, or whatever it is. We all are somehow conditioned. I don't even know where it comes from. If it's pop culture, if it's the movies and TV shows that we are all kind of exposed to in our lives, we're all conditioned to respond certain ways to certain faces and even expressions on those faces. It's wild, man, how we, we do that. And, and I, again, I think going back to what we started talking about, that confidence thing plays a part in that. There's a glow. There's an energy. There's a vibration that comes from somebody. And you go, ugh, I don't like that because you're not familiar with it because you don't, you, you don't have that vibration. Yeah. And even, or even in some cases, you're that exact same vibration Mm -hmm. and that's what you really don't like. Because I hate, we talked about mirrors today. I I hate mirrors. I hate anything that reminds me of what's happening in my actual own life. You know this. Mm -hmm. Uh, My buddy Bill Blank and I have really deep conversations because Bill and I are so similar that whenever one of us is having this kind of a personal epiphany to go, man, I realized this thing in my life. The other one goes, Oh, you're talking to my soul, dude. <laughs> That's and, and you need to shut up sure. because it's like you you know every secret detail of my life. Yeah. And so I don't know. The, I think your confidence thing
0: it's an and niche. not
1: and not to not to because again, this is one of those things most people go, you're oh, just fluffing charter's pillow, man. Guys already <laughs> guys already cocky. Guys already cocky, and you're just telling him people are jealous. It's not get, jealous. Give
0: me the reach around buddy. <laughs> yeah,
1: get, be, it's uh, not jealous people are not jealous people are not envious it is almost an ignorance or naive naivete naiveness about who this person is what they've been through how they got to have that feeling and vibration and glow in their life and yeah um, it's just misunderstood that's the the one word i would put on it is you're misunderstood
0: okay well not by scott though <sighs> scott scott gets <sighs> me he knows me he's a he's streetwise human being yeah. i need i i well, part of me part of me feels like I need to meet him, but the other part is I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> right? There's a pedestal right now. This guy like this no. guy likes me. It's like never met me. Think am okay. So maybe I just
1: leave it alone. You would, uh, and I guarantee you, there are people listening right now that are like, "Oh my gosh, I had no idea that Ross and Coach Rourke were buddies," because uh, Scott has is one of those dudes that. I'm very public about all the things that I do. Scott's been very quiet about the influence that he's made in a lot of yeah. people's lives. He's been a wrestling coach and a baseball coach at East High for 20 years. He's been involved. Like, Is he as a, the
0: baseball coach or a baseball he's, coach?
1: He's a baseball coach, and he's yeah. had opportunities to kind of move up. But, man, again, fascinating dude. Man, he really liked coaching freshman baseball. He mm-hmm. liked taking a young kid that didn't know for a, a progression of signs <laughs> yeah. and then – Teach him how to become a varsity baseball player, right? Sure. And he was really good at that for a long time. And then he did, you know, like everything, it, your your passions change. You want a new challenge. You want to do something different. Uh, right now, he's mastering his golf game, uh, yeah. so yeah. that's what he's doing instead of uh, instead of coaching baseball. But. Uh, he's also worked at Meredith in different schools. I promise you, somebody's listening to this and will probably tweet at us like, dude, Rourke's the man. He's
0: the man. You All right. Guy. Well, hey, I don't know if he listens, but if he does, hey, Scott, how you doing? So wanted to um, talk about the current state of affairs in the world. We we're talking a little bit about this the other day. Nobody knows what's going to happen, but we're having some interesting debates on things. Um, and just obviously this COVID-19 thing, in general, we've had a couple of episodes here where we've talked about um, or I've tried to talk to people about being positive as much as they can, um, having a positive mind frame on on what's going on, uh, our mindset, and certain days are, are probably better than others for people, honestly, at this point. Um, when we start to see things, here, here's, here's where I am right now, uh, and I'd love to get your take on this, and I think this is true of everything that's a divisive topic. I think what we're seeing more and more as we go is the definition of two camps and they're becoming all or nothing sides, which, which I hate when this happens, but I think it is happening. Example of this would be uh, masks. Good example right now. You've got some that think if you have a caring soul or, you know, if you care at all about people, if, if you're not a completely selfless, selfish, worthless human being, um, you absolutely, without question, will wear a mask, right? And they view the people that aren't wearing the mask as... Heathens. A- assholes. Yeah. Heathens. Dan- Dangers. Uh, Scufflaws. Whatever you want to say, right? And then on the other side, you get the people that aren't wearing the masks, right? And they're looking at the people that are wearing masks and saying, what it was. You know? Like, why are they scared of this at all? They shouldn't be scared of this. Or... I'm not gonna give up my freedoms, et cetera. And I think like everything, there is middle ground to be found on these topics. Mark,
1: I actually think that like most things, I think that's probably where you're going, man. I think the majority of people are in that middle ground. I know, I, I don't think, I know the majority of people are in that middle ground. They don't know which one of these two extremes that they are that they are on, and they feel like there's one that you've got to choose in, choose choose from. It's a lot of peer pressure that goes on here where you are, uh, you know, if, 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 I'm, if I'm in the parking lot, like we, we had the masks in, our, in the car for a couple of days, right? And my wife works, at, uh, you know, on a maternity ward in, in Des Moines. She's used She's, to masks. She wears masks a lot. We are trying to stay as up to date as we can with all the doctors we know about what we should be doing and whatnot. For a period of time, I was taking the mask. I was, I was just a sheep. Because what I was doing was I was going to the store with the mask in my lap, and then I'd sit there and watch and see what everybody else was doing. Because I didn't want to be the the fish out of the water. You don't want to be accosted by the mask wearers about being a bad person. Because I don't think, like you, you perfectly defined the two extremes, which I don't think I know. Either one of those two extremes. I don't yeah. think I know anybody that is in the. Let, oh my let, God, we're all. Gonna let me read
0: you a tweet. This ahead. is by yeah. somebody that we know. I'm not going to mention their name because it's not important. But I saw this specific tweet, um, and then I want to read you one of the one of the responses to the tweet. Uh, the tweet says, "You may not be worried about getting the coronavirus, but you should be thankful your doctors, some lawmakers, education leaders, and law enforcement are worried on your behalf." That part's fine. Okay. Here's the part that I disagree with. Fear in the face of this disease is not weak. It's smart. Okay. There's the, and I'll come back to that in a second. One of the things, uh, one of the responses to that was this tweet. I have been absolutely dismayed at some of the plans I've heard some individuals making based on the reopening in quotes in some places like plans to travel to restaurants, bars, etc." I swear I try not to be pessimistic, but I worry this will just drag this on into the summer. Okay, a couple points. One, fear in the face of this disease is not weak, it's smart. I 100% disagree with that statement. I think fear is weakness, period. End of story. You can adapt, you can change your plans, you can come up with a strategy, you can do all sorts of things to handle this in an appropriate way. Fear is not one of those ways that's a good strategy, in my opinion. I disagree with that. And anyone says, I'm scared of this. There's something deeper going on. I would ask them to look into that. The response to it, though, from this particular person saying that, how dare people make plans to go to a restaurant that's been allowed to reopen as if they're a bad guy, is ludicrous, in my opinion. And so I would say those people, those two individuals, would be on the other side. From where I am, maybe not the full extreme, but they're out right, there they're, where I'm having there, trouble understanding.
1: There it. certainly is a is a, a line of demarcation between yes. where you and I would stand and, and our thoughts and views on this and theirs. And I, yeah, they, these aren't stupid people. These aren't wimps that are out there cowering in fear and afraid to, to move around with their life. Uh, they're they're just guys that for or gals that for some reason have come to a different conclusion than we
0: have, yeah. whatever that is. And, and here's the point, though they're allowed to make that conclusion. Yeah, but I would say if you're of that mindset, stay home. And I would also encourage stay you, Mark,
1: like, there's a way to to there's a way to communicate with that friend. And I think the way to start is to say, "Man, you're I agree with a lot of what you're saying, and I understand that you're scared, but fear cannot be your strategy. Fear has to be. Fear can be a part of your strategy, like you were explaining." And fear is not you. It, sometimes fear is legitimate. You know, if somebody in your family is dying, if you've got something that is hanging over your head, if yeah. you, you know, if somebody's you've committed a crime and you're waiting for yeah. the cops to come, you know that you've slept with somebody's wife and that guy is coming yeah. to get you. There are times when fear is legitimate, and it's not your. It's not because you're an idiot or, or because you're just ignorant about the. the sure, but fear has to be part of your bigger strategy and
0: I don't think fear will often lead you to rational decisions it can't it's kind of like people that that talk about the stock market and when they start fearing they start making choices not based on being rational right. but being scared yeah it's definitely an emotion sure' I mean, we're,
1: you know we we're, 100% it's an emotional reaction. You should try to remove all of the emotion when you're making, yeah. you know, big decisions Well, it's like, like
0: when you shouldn't go to the grocery store when you're hungry. Exactly heard right. That. You that shouldn't hum- make decisions when you're reacting <laughs> in exactly fear. Exactly right. Right? And I think too many people are reacting in fear. Yeah. The reality is this, guys. Yeah, I agree with all that. I, yeah. The, the reality I, is this. As of two days ago, and I realized, yes, people are dying in Iowa. I understand that. We're, we had 14 yesterday or today, something like that. So... That sucks. We don't want anyone to die from this. But the other day I ran the calculations. It was something around point zero 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 four percent of Iowans have died from this. I just can't dismiss that part of it. Uh, for people to say, well, one person dying is too much. Uh, I'm not going to go down that road with that person because people die. Well, it's, okay. it's part of that I, life cycle, was, right? And again, I, but I'm not going to overreact over that percentage yeah. Of people
1: that are dying, I think that again, Mark, the the right way to have that conversation with a person like that is first of all acknowledge the things that they are emotionally attached to as, as true because it is true. It, it it sucks that any single person had to die because of this, and and the all of the family members, the ripple effects of that one person dying, what it means to the community, all of the things. That it sucks that that, yeah. and then you take that times. A dozen, and then you take that dozen a day times a couple of weeks. Now all of a sudden we're talking about something like I. So we, I don't want to. I don't think it's fair to dismiss that either. The people that go, wait a minute, man, we're talking about. I think yesterday the number was like 300 people yesterday that had confirmed cases. All right, we're mm-hmm. still on the rise on yep. both of these things, yep. which is concerning and it's important. But at the same time, that I'm willing to acknowledge to that friend that this can be a scary thing that there are people that are dying from this and that that's a horrible deal. I also want them to acknowledge people like our friend Bruno or Teddy Howley, who I, who, I, who I've you know met through Sean who owns a bar downtown Des Moines, small business owners who their livelihood is dependent upon this. Now, Mark, I there, I, when this first started, I was worried about a few of our friends. We had talked about yeah. some of those things, um, Not as many of our friends have been impacted as quickly as I thought they would be. However, if this idea continues that we should all just shelter at home and do the- It will get worse. Do this quarantine. It will get exponentially worse. We just
0: lost Twin Peaks the other day. You hear that? Did not know that. It's not coming back. Um, Thanks a lot, COVID. (laughs) Dude. uh, (laughs) Let me ask you an impossible question. Can Can I ask you a possible question? Go ahead. Go ahead. Because there's going to be some people that will say, okay, so you've got, let's say you've got a group of friends, okay? Um, you've got a group of five friends and some of them own businesses, some have jobs, whatever. But at the end of this, out of that group of those friends, you've got one that has declared bankruptcy. You've got one that has committed suicide. You've got one that lost their marriage over this. You've got one whose business is destroyed. And one who is uh, foreclosed on.
1: That's my. Yeah, that's my point, Mark. Okay. Right, right. Okay.
0: So that's it. You got five really, really bad scenarios, and someone on the other side would say, "But nobody died." I don't like that argument that there's nothing over here that's that bad as long as it's not death. Some things are pretty freaking bad yeah. to have to go through, especially if you didn't have to go through and, them. And Mark, you're hitting on the core of what's
1: wrong with our political discourse, man, is that nobody can acknowledge that there's any truth on the other side. Nobody can we all want to admit that the gray that there's the gray area, but nobody really wants to admit that there's truth on that other side. Yeah. And that's that, that's kind of what you're talking about here, I think, is that um, You know, you, you either have to choose. Do you, do you want a few people? And it's almost like by choosing one, you're then rooting for, uh, rooting for the other. Well, if I want
0: businesses open, I'm pro-death.
1: Exactly. And if you want people to stay at home, then you're anti-business and you want, you want restaurants to close. And the truth is everybody's kind of in that middle ground. There's just that one line of demarcation that we're on each side of. And then of course it's been politicized and it will be weaponized through those politics. Uh, it's so gross, man. And, um, I, you know, still, Mark, we talk about this every week. I'm a lot more optimistic about this than most people. Uh, I do think that we're going to be able to get going again. It, We are still seeing. We haven't reached our peak yet. We haven't peaked out on the deaths. We haven't peaked out on the uh, um, uh, cases. Uh, cases yet. But we also have not come close to overloading or overwhelming our medical system, sure. which was the, is the actual point of all this. So if we can ride that wave of... We're not overwhelming the system, but we're keeping businesses afloat. We're keeping everybody everybody's head above the water, and then all of a sudden the curve starts to go down. Then we can ramp things up slowly. And here's the other thing. like I've seen this over and over from Kim Reynolds, uh, Governor Reynolds' conference the other day. If they open bars in Warren County, that does not mean you have to leave your house and drive to a bar in Warren County. Yeah. It does. You can still stay at home. You can maintain the sure. practices that you've done these last several weeks for eternity if that's what you choose to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You can you can disconnect from our society and get off the grid. Do whatever you want to do. God bless you. Yeah. Just don't look at this as oh my gosh, they're allowing people to go back to the chicken down in uh, in Aurelia. I, Now we're all screwed. Yeah. Because Warren County is now going to have a thousand cases. It's like man, they're not. <sighs> Anyway, I think yeah. I'm preaching the choir and all that stuff.
0: but Well, yeah, and it's, it. you know, the other one I've heard recently is churches are allowed to open and the argument on the people that, from the people that don't like church apparently is, well, they're only doing that so they can fill their offering plates and, you know, there's lots of reasons to open a Mark, church, dude, I think and get a community are, back together.
1: There are so many um, analytical stories or or things, maybe these aren't even analytical stories, but like. Wisconsin, our buddy Steve Dace made this point the other day. I'm not sure. Do you know Dace at all? Uh, yeah, well, who he is. You right? know who he is? Yeah, not you a don't, friend. You never, you never met him? No. Dace, he's a very smart guy. Uh, but this is one of the things Dace was kind of pointing out. Wisconsin allowed their state to reopen for the voting, and half a million Wisconsinites went out and voted in polling places And we're in the same, occupied the same space. Communities kind of came together, in a sense, in the same area. We're touching the same hard surfaces. And I know they were making precautions. But the point is, that was April 7th. Yeah. That was 23 days ago. We have not heard of some giant spike in Wisconsin of COVID cases. Yep. And again... By even saying this stuff, I know I'm picking a side and people are then saying, well, here's the other side of it. And you're right. We've had more cases in Iowa than we should have. We probably could have kept those cases down if we would have done a stay in place order or locked things down or shut down more businesses. You're absolutely right. But for each one of those things that we would have done, we'd have another small business trying to figure out what the F they're going to do.
0: One of the things I enjoy watching right now is how the businesses handle it. I mean, if left to their own devices, right? So uh, I heard Costco is making everyone wear a mask now. Um, I'm not a Costco member, so I won't be out there. But I heard that.
1: Customers and Yeah, you're
0: not allowed in the store. This is what I've heard. Not allowed in the store unless you're wearing a mask. I'm a Sam's Club guy, so I'm not going to find out the Costco thing. But that would bother me a little bit. Um, I just came from a closing today. This was interesting. Wasker Law Firm is a very large law firm in West Des Moines. They yeah, do it. We've
1: had a lot of stuff in the tech they, group. They about do a
0: ton up. of closings in, right. in real estate space. So I go to the closing today because I got to drop off documents. They got a pretty big parking lot. The way they're doing closings right now, the attorneys are leaving the building, bringing the paperwork out to the cars. And as you look at the parking lot, you got people like literally signing loan documents to purchase their homes, like on the hood of their car or while they're sitting in the driver's seat. And the lawyers got to take the stuff back in and run photocopies, bring it back out. So it's nothing but this stream of lawyers yeah. in and out, in and out of the building while people are buying their homes from their cars. That's what's happening right now. And I was watching this today and I'm like, this is just comical to watch what's going on. And I'm thinking to myself, great. lawyer and none of the lawyers were wearing masks. So lawyers are coming, talking to clients, clients going back in, blah, 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 blah. I'm thinking to myself, would it really be that much different if they were just going up to the office? I and mean, we got a lot of human interaction happening right now clearly so i don't know again there's no perfect answer
1: there isn't and 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 i i hate judging i don't i I wish that's another thing that we could slow down is because all of these conversations would go away mark this whole thing about feeling like you were being judged feeling like you had to try to fit in uh waiting for this civil war to break out that is going to happen over masks if we would just realize that everybody's kind of doing what they think is best and everybody's trying their hardest and everybody's struggling with their own thing, man, that's another thing. Like, you know, I've heard people complain early on about like, well, I saw groups of girls walking around Grays Lake. Yeah. And why are there, why is there a group of 10 girls? Don't they know the hazards of hold on? What if they're a sorority? Yeah. What if they're a group of, of ER nurses? that are already exposed to each other all night anyway and this is what they're doing it like we the, the point is we don't know and we so far we so often look at people and do that thing that we just talked about Mark you look at somebody and you go oh i know their story <laughs> he's wearing a north face coat and a cubs hat i know everything i need to know about this douchebag yeah Psh, he's probably a cyclone fan too <laughs> knew it i knew it he, he's a cyclone fan i bet a guy drives a jeep wrangler and listens to dave I matthews i knew it
0: so here's something about the mass, by the way, and I want to ask you a question here. Uh, this was on Twitter. had um, just said, be prepared, Patriots, be prepared. This was from a website. Um, don't know what this website is, but just to let you know what it is in full disclosure, wdrb.com. That's the, the website. And on that website, there was a post that says... Sounds like
1: a radio station. It might,
0: I don't know. But radio. it says, the post was, we are at war against COVID-19. As in any war, you can tell your foe by how they dress. The uniform of a coronavirus soldier is a face mask. To protect ourselves, we must treat the unmasked as our enemy. If we want the quarantine to end and life to return to normal, we must proudly wear our uniform. So, it's a website. I don't know who wrote it. Um, that perspective scares me a little bit. And going, going back to fear. So, my question, though, related to this yeah. is because I've heard anecdotal stories revolving around this. If you leave here today and you run into the store to grab something and you get quote unquote accosted by a mask wearer yelling at you, telling you that you are irresponsible and going to kill people. What is your response? You're a rational human being. You're a nice guy.
1: Right. Mark, I would hope that in that moment I would just, again, try to diffuse the conversation by saying, man, I'm really sorry that you feel that way about me. Um, You know, my wife works in the medical field. We've talked to as many experts as we can here in Des Moines, and we're doing the best we can. I don't even have a mask with me right now, yeah. so uh, that's not even an option. And I'm wherever I'm stopping, it's because I need to be here. I, I needed gas, or I wanted something to eat or drink. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm certainly not stopping to get a petty. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just I'm just doing the same you are. And by the way, sir, if you're wearing a mask, then hopefully that means you're being safe. And you feel like you are protected. And I feel I, I I feel bad that I have made you feel unsafe, but hopefully the fact that you're wearing a mask does alleviate a few of those. And now things. the fact it, that you're here talking like, to me in my face, you're probably yeah, more at risk right.
0: than if you had just gone away. Right. It's a tough That's one, but so I think sure. that stuff's happening. Not everywhere, obviously. Yeah. But to hear any anecdotes of that sucks, frankly.
1: So I, and Here's what I would be careful yeah. of with what you read there, because some a red flag went off with me, not to Yep. You know what a black flag is, right? Yeah. Okay, that might be a black flag attack right there. Could be. That very well could be a really conservative person who is um, anticipating people to start overreacting and mm-hmm. wrote that in some sort of almost satirical way. Yeah. But it is, but it gets picked up and run with as, sure. Oh my God, these crazy libs are thinking this wild nonsense. This, that happens a lot on the internet. Unfortunately, it man. does. Yeah,
0: it does. Definitely. Obviously sources are important. Like I said, I have no idea what that but I, was.
1: I'm not, I won't, I, I'm not completely dismissing what that is saying there. And I won't completely dismiss the fact that that could be, a very real article that well, was written by the I have no problem concerned. believing that
0: there are some people, some, yeah. that would feel that way. Yeah. Because there's always extremes at both ends.
1: The best one, can we, we can cuss here, right? Yes. So the best meme that I saw on this is a, uh, 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 it's a still shot from the Confederate war. Mhm. And the red coats are on the left and the, the Union army is on the right and, or the, or the, or the blue coats, I guess yeah. the, 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 the Confederate, not the Confederates. What were we called? Are you talking about the British? The British, yeah. The red coats are on the left, and the, the yeah. American patriots are on the right. And the red coats uh, above them, the 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 conversation bubble says, "Wear your masks." <laughs> and above the blue coats, it says, "Eat our ass." <laughs> <laughs>
0: We all all have days like that, man. This is what it's going to turn into. We all have days. I just just hope this is.
1: But that will not be my response. If a guy comes up to me and says, hey, "Hey, where's your mask? Eat my ass.
0: Well, that would be some people's response. (laughs) Um, My wife. God bless her. So let's extrapolate this out Um, into the fall. We're five months away from football. We had talked about this yesterday. Um, As we sit here today, almost May one. It seems to me, if I had to to, to to gamble on it, and I've been known to do that from time to time, if somebody said you can bet on full stadiums or something other than that, I am not putting money on the fact that Kinnick and Jack Trice are full in week one of people. That seems not implausible, but it seems very, very, very unlikely that that's going to happen. So I don't know how you would say we're only going to do a 50% capacity, 25% capacity. So it brings up a host of questions, which is why you're here, Ross, to answer these hard, impossible questions, right? Yeah. Right. So one question would be, do you think we're going to see something like that where it's either an empty stadium or a half-crowd stadium, which would bring up a whole other host of issues? How do they do that? And two, can, can they do that? Can Iowa State... Can Iowa go through this football season with no ticket revenue? Yes, they get television revenue, but can they do it? And then from that question becomes the other one that I asked you the other day, is the product much, much worse because there's no fans in the stands.
1: Yeah, which you, uh, when we get to that conversation, you have kind of swayed me on that a little bit. Uh, So first of all, the first question you ask is, will we play in full stadiums? Man, I'm with you. Right now, I wouldn't put my money on that happening. But I am, again, I'm a lot more optimistic about this than most people. And I'm, I I mean, we all need to start paying attention to this, man. The world is changing fast. The news is really coming at us quickly here. And I don't even think we're in the same position today that we thought we were going to be two weeks ago today. (laughs) So... And I think we're in a better position, meaning talking about opening up the parts of the state, yeah. figuring out which counties, getting a more precise idea of hot spots and all that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Sure. <clears throat> so I'm not ruling it out either. I think there's a good chance. And I don't know if I'm 50 50, if I'm 40 60. I think that there's a good chance that we figure this out, we calm down a lot of those fears. More and more people start to realize that, the, you know, I've been around people. I've been around strangers. I'm feeling okay. We get some sort of test that shows if we have the antibodies or if we've been exposed to this thing in the past. I just feel like that that's such a long time down the road, man. We are at the end of April. It's May 1 tomorrow, right? I think so. Yeah. Like... We still have several months to figure this thing out. And we've really been in this for two months and we've we've moved the football really far down the field as far as being able to open it up and getting people's fears alleviated a bit.
0: Yeah. So I I think there's a chance we can get to that point. And let's let's also say this. There's a big difference right now and probably into the future between Iowa and California.
1: Absolutely, which will play a huge part in the college sports thing if some states are opening up and allowing students back on campus and are saying hey we can we'll let kids play football and some states are saying not, nah. big 10 is going to be fascinating big 10 will be the most dynamic thing to watch in this conversation because of the diversity of the governorships of those states sure <clears throat> you've got liberal states conservative states and swing states all three in that in yeah. Nebraska Iowa Wisconsin Minnesota Ohio Pennsylvania New York like you cover the gamut man yep. And most of the other conferences aren't that case. They're almost. Uh, um, you know, pac twelve is going to be
0: left. You're left. going to be left. left?
1: SEC is very right. Yep. Big Twelve is very right. Every con- every governor in a in the Big Twelve is a cons- is a Republican. So yep. this is all going to play a factor in it. All right. Second question that you asked was, what uh, can they do that with half capacity? Yes, they can. And I I think will it look weird? It's going to look weird. But we're going to get an idea of that as we start to. Do things like go back down to the chicken in Aurelia, where private businesses who are on their own implementing certain new regulations, trying to emphasize social distancing, getting their employees to wear masks, telling customers, to wear, whatever it is. Every every company's kind of doing their own little thing there. Um, we're going to get an idea of what that feels like long before September. Of what it's like to go, especially the people that are are willing to go out and want to go to a football game, they will have been to restaurants. Yep, They'll know what it's like to, okay, I'm walking in with my family of five. That means the rules are just slightly different for me than they are for the family of two that just walked in. Mm -hmm. That family, so so we get to occupy a little bit of a larger space, but they're occupying a smaller space. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. It will. It we'll have a better idea of what that feels like and what it should be like as we get closer to it. I think everybody that's going to willing to do it will have experienced it by that point. But the third thing, Mark, is where you have you've, you've swung me on this. Okay, I sports will be different without people in the stands. No doubt about it. I I love talking about my time at Greenview University. I've helped out with the athletic department there for a decade, and it's awesome. It's been a wonderful experience. It's different than going to Kinnick and Carver and Hilton Coliseum. Duh, yeah, uh, duh. Um, and that's what this—that's kind of the contrast that you're going to see. That's the athleticism is pff, the same. I mean, the, these kids at Grandview are freak athletes. If you put them on a high school field with the guys that are D one, you go, oh, both those kids are college athletes. Yeah, right. One is a little better than the other, but the, both those kids are really talented dudes. That's what it. I think that's the kind of thing we're going to see is. Uh, The buzz of the crowd is going to be gone, obviously. The the emotion that these guys feed off of in that point is going to be gone. It'd be
0: a completely level playing field.
1: I think baseball will be... uh different i don't i think baseball is more of a quiet sport it is a quiet sport and you have a chance to fill all that time you can mic up a guy in right field you can mic up a guy on the bench and have you can mic up the batters and talk to them while they're at the plate we've seen it during spring training you could do it during this abbreviated season and it would be an awesome little addition yeah uh i do think i've told you this the other day that basketball will actually be fun to watch with no fans You'll hear the teams communicating not only within their teams but with the other teams. You'll hear the yeah. trash talking, you'll hear the guys calling for switches, you'll hear them calling out plays. You'll find out when a dude wasn't where he was supposed to be. like yeah. that will be kind of fun. The one that will be hurt the most is football. yeah because there's not crowds a, lot, a huge part of it. It is it, like I, I, I was we were talking about this yesterday with Nate Lee. I started just envisioning a few different plays, you know, a handoff at the fifty-yard line, and a guy breaks a tackle, and all of a sudden he's into the secondary, and he shimmies the safety, and he's getting and to the sideline. No roar. Yeah, he's getting to the sideline, and it's a track meet down the sideline. And what you're used to hearing with that is the ooh ah ah ah, and the, and yeah. the roar that builds and builds, and you feel it. That's gone. Yeah. You know, Tate to Holloway has a moment in it because you hear Gary and Ed lose their minds, just like you were losing your mind. They're going to run.
0: Well, you you lose the the crowd impact, and obviously, you got to be playing a home game for this to happen where you're down, but the crowd can almost will you back into it. I mean,. I, I I've talked to some people that think it wouldn't be that big of a difference, but I man, thought that I thought it spring, didn't we spring, talked about it, it. It. It's a spring game atmosphere, and I'm talking like a spring game, spring game, not seventy thousand over in Nebraska or whatever. You know, they, a, it'll they, feel they, like they a pull. practice. It'll
1: feel like you were watching practice.
0: A practice. Yeah. You're right because that is practice. Practice. You run football plays against the defense to get better, and there's no crowd. And then you amp up for game day because game day is and feels different. Do
1: you think that they just And it won't feel different? Do they just pump KISS one oh seven FM through the speakers the
0: whole time too? Like it's (laughs) do something. I don't know what I don't know what they do. And I and I and I don't wanna you ever have those moments you're like, I kinda wanna see it to find out. Like, not for football. I think Uh, that would be terrible.
1: And I and I was that guy you're talking about here, man. I I'm still interested because it's gonna be different and I'm willing to at least give it a shot and it will be better than nothing. And and that, and there's another important line there. I think that we need to remember through all these conversations, better than nothing. Yeah. And w- what a lot of the stuff that we're talking about, what's at stake is its elimination. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's businesses. Sometimes it might be college sports. It might be professional sports. I worry about our friends at the Iowa Barnstormers. Yeah. Uh, I, I there are a lot of these little things. The wolves are going to be fine. Wild are going to be fine. Icubs are going to be fine because they've got major league dollars backing them in some way or another.
0: It'd be interesting if this continued and if you had to play a season like that. What is that first domino to fall? If it was in college football, meaning suddenly uh, you know Wake Forest announced we, football's gone. We've lost football because we are going to see things. If this continues on, we're going to see closures and mostly those are things like restaurants, right? Restaurants and maybe a movie theater and and stuff that we're used to local, but you know, how long can the iCubs continue to do what they're doing? You know, how long can the barnstormers do what they're doing or whatever? Minor league sports are certainly vulnerable at this point. Um, College sports. You've heard people. I've heard college presidents come and talk and ADs, you know, on the TV about what's going on. It's not sustainable to keep doing what they're doing. It's just not.
1: Yeah. That was the last thing you asked. Can they, you know, what, uh, how do they survive without people in the sands or with half of that gate? Mark, several ways. That, that's another long conversation, man. Uh, and here's what I think. I think that the, you got to blow up a lot of stuff with the NCAA. I mean it. because Right now in the current model, probably not. Trying to pay coaches $9 million a year and make sure that athletic directors are, are making several million dollars and rebuilding locker rooms every three years and adding to stadiums every couple years – no, under, what, under, what that, does, under that model they cannot survive. With what half does a season the
0: of NCAA itself have to do with Coach Bay? The NCAA is
1: a it, it requires these universities to act as nonprofits financially. Mm-hmm. It requires them to show zero profit at the end of the year. To spend all of the money that they're pulling in, and they're pulling in bajillions of dollars. I mean, literally millions of dollars. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And the ones that were. Weren't allowed to operate like a normal business entity, which would have been save your damn money for a rainy day for this moment, save your money. And they couldn't. The the NCAA made sure that this was a cash flow operation that showed zero dollars at the end of it. So, how do you do that? Well, you're not going to pay the players because then we're opening up that whole other can of worms, right? So, how do you do that? You inflate coaches' salaries, you inflate assistant coaches' salaries, you spend money on locker rooms, you put a damn slide in the Clemson football offices. People think I'm joking about this. Oh, they, have slide they have a they have a giant slide. If you don't want to take the stairs, take, slide down the stairs. Take the slide, man. Like the Texas locker rooms that are yeah. just an absolute LSU joke. Had a crazy LSU one where last everybody year. has their own napping station. It's absurd. Okay? So you've got to blow that model up. And it, it, that I've said this the other day on the show, man. I'm going to wait. It's not now is not the time to wag fingers and yeah. say told you so and man you guys built you made your own bed type of thing. Because everybody's suffering and I want this all to survive. I want college sports to exist. And there's a real chance that if they don't go back to the drawing board and say all right boys, we're starting from scratch. Yeah. There's a real chance that it doesn't exist under the model that we see it right now. Dude, do you see what these the the G League is doing? The G League's now basically recruiting against Colleges, yeah. So the top recruits in the country might not even be playing college basketball anymore. I know none of them, or very few of them, are coming to this state what, to play What, anyway, one hundred fifty grand? Is that what it is now? Is that even what? It, I don't even know. I,
0: I think know. it is, but so that's that's an interesting one. If you're Zion, if he could have gone back, does he take one hundred fifty thousand bucks versus zero? But then you got to factor in exposure. Exposure at Duke, it, and you're on ESPN every night. You, know, you and, and I
1: talk a lot about experiences. You know, yeah. the, life's a lot more than material possessions. And yep. and what you have in your brain will matter a lot. And I do think, as much of a GoPro guy as I am, go get your money kid guy as yeah. I am, that experience that he got to have... Being the king at Duke t- for a year. Oh, man, come on. And I'm not even... T- I know, when I say that, I know you well enough to think... that I, you oh, think I was thinking, thinking about, about abstinence. Th- yeah, yeah. Huh? You're That's thinking about thinking. the sexual side of it. I'm just thinking of that, you know... I've been so lucky in my life to have people come up to me and go, Ross, I love what you do, man. And I I can't even explain that. You've had that, Mark. When somebody writes a review about what you do for a living. it feels good. And it does, man. It does. And so I see a kid that got to walk around for nine months of his life and have people go, wait a minute, you're that? Holy, dude, can I get a selfie? Yeah. Good for you. That's an experience you're, I mean, fortunately for Zion, he's going to be able to replicate that for the rest of his life. But that was a unique one in that
0: time. When was the last time you were asked for a selfie? Be honest.
1: Uh, well, I mean, it's been a while since we've been in been with strangers or yeah, in the public, true. right? That's I true. did run into a listener of of uh, my Brian over here at Cazador. Yeah, I went there to get lunch the other day. I was up here in Ankeny, actually stopping by our friend Eric's house. Yep. And uh, I stopped at Casador to get dinner and walked in there, and um, one of our listeners, Brian, was standing there. And he's like, "Are you Ross?" Like, yeah. He's like, "Oh man, I listen to the show every day." Yeah. And uh, but that, so that was that was the last time I had something like Thanks,
0: that. Thanks, man. You, uh, by the way, we're going to cut you loose here in a second because you've got uh, more important things to do.
1: I got uh, some important stuff hey, today. Hey, including,
0: so. including you got your first listing meeting tonight.
1: Yeah, hoping to. You excited? Uh, I am excited, man. I'm excited. Ross to down is going by, hims-
0: by himself. Yeah. He's going to go... Uh, mm-hmm. Just tell them what we do and tell them about yourself and then we're going to see how it goes. And hopefully you get the listing. Explain to them why twenty four ninety plus 3% is uh,
1: one hell of a deal when you're selling your home.
0: We just, uh, you got to remember, you never lose. There's no such thing as losing. You learn.
1: And he also, this is another one, Mark, that I, I thought was interesting. When uh, I talked to the gentleman who I'm going to go down and see tonight, he asked me about, uh, so when you come down, are you just going to bring contracts with you? You know, will yeah. you have to sign something that night? And I explained to him, no, man, we'll... You know, I want you to make sure that you want to work with me, and I want you to to see what I can do for you before uh, before I lock you into anything. I mean, geez, there'll be plenty of time for you to commit yourself. No to me.
0: pressure is what we do here. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I have to plug this new show I watched. We were talking about it the other day, and uh, it's on Netflix. It's called Too Hot to Handle. This is just pure fluff, but I actually liked it. Dude,
1: it Williams was telling me about this last night. Was, too. He it's, brought, a, it's eight it's fantastic. eight episodes. Ten people. That's, now, hold on. Is it eight episodes the entire first season, or is it like an entire... That's the whole thing. Whole thing, okay. I right. mean, they might do
0: another season, okay. but there's just eight episodes. Right, Less than an hour episode. It plays like a TV show. Uh, Ten uh, really good-looking, single, uh, like-to-have-sex types. I watched okay. the five, preview. Gorgeous human five, beings. Five guys, five girls, and they're right. put on this resort, and then they're told after they arrive there that they're not allowed to kiss... Uh, no, no heavy petting is how it was put, uh, no intercourse and no masturbation. Okay. So these are people that are used to getting in almost every day. So the catch is there's a pot of money and every time that they break the rules, money is deducted from everybody. So it's an interest, interesting social experiment going on at the same time. The goal for them other than to create an interesting TV show is self growth become a better person stop looking at people like they're hunks of meat and you do see some of that growth through the eight episodes i'm
1: excited about watching this. it is total fluff you you have totally convinced me that this is something that
0: is is worthy of my time but here's something too and this is the human side of this right i found it entertaining but it's also not problematic to watch eight episodes of really good looking people yeah it's just not true at worst, you're watching good-looking people, yeah. which we do as humans. We're okay with that. So, as
1: long as there's an actual point and there seems to be there gro- is. growth, you and there see it too. To be, I'm, I'm, like pr- I'm promising I, you,
0: you're going to see some growth and okay. go, damn, right, they've right, come a long right, way.
1: Right. I'm gonna, I am going to dial this in.
0: Too hot to handle is the name of that. All right, Ross, good luck tonight. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Go, Adam. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week, and who knows what the hell is going to be going on in the world? We'll figure that part <laughs> out. But until then, stay safe. Another episode of Jump the Shark is in the books. Ross and I hope you had fun with us and we made your week a little better. If you love the show, you can help the show. Please subscribe to us wherever it is you listen to your podcast. You can also show some love by telling others about Charterhouse Real Estate. We have made it easy for you to talk about us by charging sellers a lot less commission. They will thank you for giving them our name. We truly appreciate your support and we will talk to you next week.